0: This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne.
1: It's Thrive Perspectives, episode six, and it's your old pal DJ Payne here with me as always is Matthew Jacoby. Yes, I am. Now, Matt, uh, sons of Cora. Your your album, your group, your yes, your band, yeah. your project—I don't know what you actually call it there. Your band. Uh, I'm totally going left here. Here, I have been, um, you know, legally. I want to. I know some people will be stressed about mm. this. Legally and with all the right provisions, uh, driving to a few different beaches mm-hmm. in and around the Surf Coast area. And I've I've had to put my photographic hat back on, my artist yes, photographer yeah. hat, which I haven't had to wear for a very long time, and flex those muscles because uh you've commissioned me to do photographs for the artwork for the new album.
2: Mm. And well, we don't know if they're any good yet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like
1: so they might be rubbish. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. You let me just say I took over the space of four days, I did, I did four mm. different trips to four different beaches and I took about a total of 1,400 images. Wow. You know, pressing of, pressings of the button. I have managed to cull that down to about just over 200 images right, right now. Yeah. And what I say a cull, going, okay, there's something interesting there, there's something interesting there, there's something interesting there. Because we've got a very – I've talked to you at mm. length about what type of imagery you're going for for, mm. the, new, for the new project. Yeah. Because it's a very different release to what you've normally done.
2: Yeah, well, we're, we're releasing it through an app that we've just uh, developed and uh, will be uh, out in the next couple of weeks probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And so we're actually releasing – rather than release a whole album, we'll be releasing music periodically, like even monthly, yes. uh, through the app
1: fantastic mm. fantastic so there's going to be mm. sort of like a collection of mm. hopefully if my work is up to scratch mm. you haven't even seen it yet yeah. uh, I'm, I'm getting it all ready in the next couple of days to present to you and yeah. the, and the and the you know the big the big cheese uh, who's funding the whole thing and say this is what we want to do uh, hopefully you guys are impressed with the uh, with the artwork let me just say <laughs> I've impressed myself. Can, am, I, am I allowed to boast like that? Is that, is that a, a godly perspective to have? I I, I am really happy uh, with the work that I've done. And it might be just because I haven't done any artistic photography in about mm. three years.
2: Yeah, well, that's a waste. Yeah, yeah really.
1: <laughs> so I'm really happy with the work. I, you gave me a description. I haven't even heard the music. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I've done stuff for for bands and for, for Sons and Cora, you show me the music and then I go, I get inspired and go with this. Oh,
2: really? yeah. I'll have to send it to you. But I'll you send it to you now.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's picked up his phone and literally <laughs> gonna send it to me. But you've given me a description of the of the of the uh psalms that you're doing. Yeah some themes around what the whole project is is, is mm. feeling. You've given me descriptions around that and you've even given me some great visual descriptions and reference mm. points and I found that all incredibly helpful. And so mm. instead of sort of listening to the music, it's a very different project for this one for me, I've, I've listened to the Psalms and read the Psalms mm. and gone down to the sea and sort mm. of trying to emulate the feeling mm. of, of all of this. So stay tuned. That's all Stay I'm tuned. saying. That's all I'm saying with that one.
2: But this isn't a music program. No, no, name? sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Wrong I just,
1: house. Oh uh, yeah, I'm just doing a bit of house cleaning at the beginning there because we've got a lot of stuff on. You know, yeah. the the I, I love people and there's sort of no name for what we all are doing, but the collective of the few of us involved in this project. We wear a lot of different hats mm. and we're involved in a lot of different things and there's a lot of things going on at the moment, which is really, really mm. exciting. Like you mentioned, the Sons of Kora app, you're working on new music, uh, you know, we've got a new a Thrive website about to go up. We've got a whole new project with Thrive mm. that we're doing where people can get more involved, which is really, really mm-hmm. exciting. Working on this new studio, you know, here that mm. we're sitting in, so it is a lot of good stuff. But we've got a few... Um, a few questions. As we get into this episode of Perspectives, uh, we've, got, we've had an email from Peter, uh, Peter S, almost mm. read out his last name there. Peter S, uh, thank you so much, Peter, for getting involved with this, Matt, this is what he's written to us. Hi, guys. Thanks for all your wonderful teaching and inspiration. I can't tell you how much I look forward to each weekly catch-up or how much it is helping me with continuing my ongoing work to overcome autonomy and work on this relationship with Jesus. Good language. I knew, I knew, yeah. I knew, you'd, I knew you'd, <laughs> that that would uh, spark you up. He he also mentions, and I, I know we haven't had a chance to actually mention this live on any of the podcasts. We did have a file problem with Spotify and our episode. I think episode four about you know um, the Christian response to coronavirus and, and fear no, and yep, all that type yep. of thing. Spotify mucked up the file, and people ha- would play it. And, I, and it would surprise me how many people are listening to Thrive Perspectives in Spotify. It would play a ten-minute loop, oh. so just the first ten minutes got you know sort of repeated oh, right. over and over again. Apparently, according to Spotify and all the technicians and everything like that, it should be rectified. Okay, all right. So just and Peter mentioned that, and and, and again, thank you so much for the uh, you know. um, you know the all the, uh, the the work that we're doing here. Um, the uh, we've got we've got a few more questions coming in. Some of these are for Thrive deeper. I'm realising as I, as I've got them here. But I just wanted to I wanted to sort of make a little bit of a roadmap uh, here live with you, Matt. We're doing today. We mm. wanna we're gonna get into it in just a second. We we wanna to touch on the book of Genesis in a different in a different sort of way of, mm. of looking yeah. at it. But we've also and we also wanna we're well, a, well the first the first chapter particularly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first chapter of the, the book of Genesis. Uh we'll get into that in a second. Next perspectives, mm. I thought a nice way to cap to, cap capstone it here is to look at the end of the book of Revelation. So we're looking at the beginning of beginning of the book and the end of the book. Uh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mads, Mads. Mads we so we sort of, you know, on this episode we want to cover the beginnings. Yeah. On the next episode of Perspect- Perspectives we want to cover the endings. That's, that's
2: right. That's best way to – so because really we're not just talking about Genesis. We want to talk about origins, yes. the origins of the world and humanity according to science and according to the Bible and uh, the next Perspectives you're talking yes. about here, yes. Thrive Perspectives episode, which we're doing now.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, we're going to look at endings, the end. Yep. yeah. What's going to happen in the end?
1: And that'll tie nicely with the beginning of the next series of Thrive Deeper with a new book, which is Revelation. We're going into the book of Revelation with Thrive Deeper. Yeah, that's right. Thrive so Deeper.
2: that segues quite well.
1: Segues quite well. We've also Having go- said that, yeah, the end is really just a new beginning. I just had to
2: mention <laughs> that because that's important. It
1: is important. It is important. Uh, some other no- – these are – if you could see the Thrive pin board at the moment mm. – well, This is an imaginary one. The things that are stuck, the index cards or the post-it notes that are stuck on the Thrive pin board are a discussion about women in ministry. Wow, okay. A discussion about capital punishment and how the government fits into moral and civil Mm. law. These sound like (laughs) Can we pin these to the avoid these topics board? This is what people have asked us for. And, and and maybe tying in with that other one, we've got a question about how Christians should be involved in, or should they be involved in government, especially calls to prayer and land, healing the land and those type okay. of things. Right. People yeah. want us yeah. to. Okay, that's had, a good topics. Yeah, had a great question there from yeah. Raf, a great listener, um, and uh, also a on one here that's been sitting here for a while, Richard Raw. Covering yeah, yeah. Richard Raw and yeah. also um, we've had a side question coming in with that the Enneagram, okay, uh, and and personality testing and that that way yeah. of thing with the Christian. So these are the these are the things on the on the on the perspectives board. All right, I'm throwing it out there because hopefully these are some of the things that we're going to be covering in the next couple of months. Sure. All right. One last thing on the on the on the on the uh, on the you know, getting everything together here. Episode 100 of Thrive Deeper, yeah, which will tie into, I think, episode, you know, 15 or something of Thrive Perspectives, is around mid-July. Mm-hmm. We want to do something for that. Mm. We might even do a live broadcast. So keep your eyes. We're working on some ideas. If you've got any ideas about what you would love to see with Thrive Deeper episode 100, we're all ears we we want to do something with the community Good. because this you are the reason why we do this. Now, putting all that behind us, Matt, <laughs> Genesis chapter 1. This is a this has been a very big question that has come in quite a lot since we even announced doing Thrive Perspectives. What is the Christian view of Genesis chapter 1 in the light of science and living in the year 2020? Yeah,
2: well the Christian view that- Oh, if I can just clarify the question.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Change
2: the, yeah, yeah, change yeah. the question for me. Uh, the Christian view of origins, I think, uh, the the question that a lot of people have when we're faced with all of this media um, that talks about uh, evolution and uh, humans evolving from uh, primates and so forth and it, it seems uh, people find this difficult uh, to square that with scripture, and, and uh, you know, I, I think there are some difficulties there. So, I want to talk to that a bit today okay. and talk about the relationship between the Bible and science. Now, this is important because uh, what do you do if you're a young person, you're going to university and you study science? Do you throw out everything that your science teachers are telling you? Do you throw out all of that mm. uh, in favour of the Bible? Now, some people's approach does go that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's necessary wholesale that w- that we have to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to, and I guess I'm going to hold a, a kind of mediating position. I don't have... Hard fast views on origins myself, apart from what we're taught in the Bible, because I'm not an expert at that.
1: Whereas whereas I'm happy as a non-expert to have a you know to be the other side. I'll go out there and have a strong view about it.
2: Yeah, but that's my that's my personality. Yeah, that's that's fine. Yeah, I I, I'm look I'm okay with with a bit of mystery around this and uh, the. You know, there is still some things I am not sure about, and I am still weighing this up. And actually, I find the more that I read and the more that I consider, the more I am happy to focus on the things that are important
3: mm-hmm. and
2: mm-hmm. Uh, and let some other things go. Now, the, the the really important thing, of course, is how we relate to people. Let's not make this just a theoretical oh. discussion. Uh, ultimately, this relates to how we as Christians relate to the people around us yes. who don't share our worldview. Now, the question is, do do we want – you know, we, we want to share with people the message about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible for us to get sidetracked and to be fighting battles on hills that we shouldn't be fighting battles on. Yep. You know, so uh, I think we need to try to uh, bring the discussion back to – the central elements of the faith when the this, yeah, to the gospel. When I think this issue about the Bible and science has become a bit of a distraction. Mm. Uh, I went to a, uh, a seminar once that was run by, I think it was creation ministries where, um, they, they said, you have to start here with the Bible and science. If you're sharing the gospel, it's, you got to start here.
3: Mm.
2: And I, I, I was kind of, Horrified by that, actually, mm, mm. because I thought, no, you don't. You know, we, we we don't want to be starting on theoretical issues about origins. It's not that they're unimportant, no. Um, but I I just don't think we want to be fighting the battle on this hill. When I think, uh, I mean, I I know that Christians who hold a whole different range of views when it comes to origins. Yep. Uh, I know, and and the, I guess we we can map this in terms of three major views. Let's let's do that uh, now. The
1: different views of origins yeah, of the universe, the, that's you right. know, of everything. Yeah. B- so, so this views. is
2: this views within within the within Christian circles. Yes. I mean within these categories there's all sorts of subcategories, subcategories and yes. so forth and different yeah. views, but generally speaking, you have the view known as creationism mm-hmm. which uh, holds to a very literal Seven-day creation, Genesis. Yep. Seven days. Um, young Earth. Young Earth. Yeah. So, so, so they would say, well, there's a young Earth. They, the, 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 the dinosaurs must have lived, uh, you know, alongside Adam and Eve, yep. uh, or all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got what's known as a progressive creationist mm-hmm. uh, view, which um, holds to, uh, which is fine with an older. Uh, older Earth, yes. as science goes. Basically, cre- progressive creationists take Genesis uh, and look at Genesis um, in a more literary sense,
1: in a more poet- poetic sense.
2: Uh, I, I'll, I'll say, yeah. I'll say literary because it's not they wouldn't regard it as a poem. No, but they don't. They would say, well, this is not even doing the same thing that science is doing. It's a, yes, they would say it's an anachronistic reading of Genesis. Okay, um, to uh, you know, to just read that with scientific and just draw data from it. Okay, um, it's not meant for that. Yeah, it's not meant for that. Yeah. That's right. That's so, what a so, progressive uh, creationist. So a progressive, would say. A progressive. Now, progressive creationist, By the way, it, this is not necessarily. Uh, this is not necessarily a view that is recent. So, for example, if you went back in history, probably the most important of the church fathers, Augustine, would you would put him as a what you would call a progressive creationist. So what? So. So that's, let, let me, let me yeah. summarise the view. So you've okay. got creationism, you've got progressive creationism, then you've got theistic evolution. Okay. And theistic evolutionists would say, well, we're fine with uh, with Whatever evolution. science says. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're fine with, with the process of evolution and, and in particular of mankind, even that we evolved. But at some point uh, God raised up mm. Adam and Eve mm. and uh, – or, I mean, some go even further to say, well – uh, Adam and Eve are kind of symbols for humanity mm. in in that case, but others say no. There, there, there was a point where where God took these Homo sapiens and breathed into them, mm-hmm. and we have the first spiritually speaking human beings at some point in yep. the chain of um, in the chain of evolution. Now, um, I, I know very strong. Evangelical Christians who hold to all of those different views.
1: Yes, and there's one last, the other view. The other view would Mm. be those coming from a non-Christian perspective.
2: Yeah, I I suppose I'm 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 mapping views that are held by by Bible believing Christians. So Christians that look at. At Genesis,
1: because we're, we're talking about a Christian response. Exactly. But I just wanted to throw one, yeah, yeah. one other view out there, and that's obviously the the non-theistic evolution. There's yeah, that's no, right, yeah. There's no intelligent design. There's, no, there's none of that. Well, yeah, that's you a know, good point, actually. There is just yeah. evolution and, you know, the physical world that we have, and that's all we can see that's and right. measure. That's a good point to
2: reference to that, and I think it's worth saying something about that mm. by way of introduction and recognising that the the story of the universe of origins of the universe and of human origins that is told by scientists it is a story mm. and this has been widely recognized there's there's a difference between the evidence and the story that we tell on the basis of the evidence mm. so a detective walks into a, into a room and sees a man with a raised knife over a body that's clearly mm. been stabbed in blood and you know assumes mm. well Puts together a story in yep. his head. Yep. Oh, this happened there. Looks at they've had a fight over here. Yes. I can see some things. Now, and they would say, "Well, that's the simplest explanation." Sure. Uh, you know, we know Occam's Razor, yep. the um, the most obvious maxim that says the yep. simplest explanation is is the best. Yep. But the thing is with stories. The simplest explanation may not actually be the truth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, It might be the simplest explanation, but the way that stories unfold, particularly when you've got involving conscious beings like God, when God's involved and yep. even when human beings are involved, well, things can unfold in all manner of different ways mm. and the evidence, the story that we tell on the base of the evidence mm. um, can can, can differ so there's a, so as I said there 's a difference between this is a kind of a philosophical point yeah. There's a difference between evidence because some people say, Oh well, the evidence is clear, yeah uh, yeah, but there are a number of different stories that we can tell on the basis of that evidence yes uh, scientists just tend to go to maybe the simplest story or something that works um, for that way of thinking mm. but that 's not the only way of thinking and the only way you can approach that exactly
1: so um and and it it's yeah. also it's also i think as we state you know sort of lay the foundation of what we're going to be talking about that when it comes to uh you know biology science universities you know professors and everything like that uh, i think the last time i saw any data on it over 98% of people who hold a professional yeah. level in that area are you know believe in some sort of darwinistic evolution yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know,
1: then the other side of that is ninety three. The the two. I think the last thing I read ninety eight over ninety eight percent believe in evolution. Over ninety three ninety four percent of all of them would describe themselves as atheists. Mm-hmm. So they're seeing the world without yeah God in it. Yeah, uh, statistics
2: also yeah. can. Uh, be interpreted in a number of different ways and you can tell different stories based on the statistics because some of the most prominent scientists Mm. in the world Mm. are very strong Christians. So, for example, um, in a lot of the – well, the main um, evidence that is drawn on for evolution is from genetics, Mm -hmm. uh, from the mapping of the human genome. Yep. a lot of a lot of people think, oh, it's all about the fossils. The fossils. No, no, it's actually not about the fossil records. It's you know the m- main evidence that is appealed to comes from the um, the mapping of the of the genome. Mm. Now, uh, the I mean th- that was like a thousand year discovery that the mapping of the human genome. Now the head of the human genome project is a guy called Francis Collins and he's a very strong evangelical Christian. And he he wrote, he's written a book, uh, I think it's a great book, called The Language of God. Mm -hmm. He's talking about uh, genetics, the language of God. Now, Francis Collins, he he is um, what you would class as a theistic evolutionist, Mm -hmm. but very strong uh, evangelical Christian uh, as well. So he kind of fits in that camp. So – uh so we have these we have these different views and uh and, and as I said, I think we need to be cautious about uh because I think what can tend to happen is that one group can say no this is the only th- way. this is the only way to really view this whereas um, no actually um uh it's important to recognize that there is a lot of breadth on this. And it's also one one thing that's often said is that the the views of progressive creationism and theistic evolution have just come up in response to science, you know, Mm -hmm. so that we – I mean, this is a criticism uh, that's made um, that uh, these views are simply trying to accommodate science and we just need to – read scripture and interprets, you know, and go from what the Bible says. And if science uh, doesn't align with that, then so much the worse for science. The thing is the way that, that biblical interpretation and theology has unfolded over the centuries has always been uh, in as a result of two processes the first is internal reflection so we've've re- we've, we've come back to certain themes mm-hmm. but also ex various external pressures on the church over the histories have caused us to go back and look at things more closely than we looked at them before yeah you know so for example the classic example is um uh, the the debates that happened uh, around the 15 in the 1500s around the whether the earth is flat, mm-hmm. flat earth or a, a globe. Mm. Now, um, a lot of Christians at the time, inclu- including, interestingly, Luther and Calvin, uh, spoke, vociferated against this, you know, terrible idea that, uh, that the earth uh, – well, actually, um, it wasn't just about the flat earth. Uh, sorry, it was about whether the earth orbits the, the sun or yep. vice versa – uh, it was more about that, those debates in the 1500s. And uh, both Luther and Calvin were advocates of the fact that, no, the, earth the scripture still. clearly says the earth is fixed and it cannot be moved. Uh, and so, it, therefore, the sun has to be orbiting the earth, you know, and, and they, you know, insisted on that. Whereas over time, uh, we looked at those verses and said, well, actually, that's not what those verses uh, are not making a scientific statement they mm. they 're making a statement about uh the surety of god 's plan for the world and the you know the world is fixed and it 's it 's secure in the sense that god 's plans for it are secure you know mm. so so that 's an example of where of where the external things in that case um, mm. copernicus 's discoveries actually caused us to go back to scripture and say well look um we we read too much into it okay now um this is this has happened all through history. I mean there were certain pressures even pressures from Islam that caused us to uh, rethink certain elements of the faith or pressures from I mean all of the trinitarian uh controversies were pressures from heretical groups that caused us to sharpen our notion of yeah. the trinity and so forth. So it's so the idea that we that we respond to external things is not a not a bad is, idea. Yeah it's it's not a bad idea. Because it doesn't the, cancel it, out the views that Come from that
1: because on the other side of it, and there is there is a level of uh, val- validity with this concern that the church is getting pressure from culture, yeah, or secular worldly ideas, yeah. and we have to modify our doctrine because it's become acceptable yeah. out there. For example, yeah. another one. This is, and it's usually. The, the fear that we have is usually a little bit more about moral law than we are about science, usually. I, yeah. I think that's a generalisation. For example, you know, over the last, uh, you know, 50 years, there's been a huge, uh, you know, debate in culture about around sexuality and gender. Yeah. That is now influencing and causing a lot of theologians to go back to the, yeah. to the Bible and saying, okay, what does the Bible actually teach about that? Yeah. I think that's slightly different. It's slightly different than, to this, than yeah. science, yeah. but it's but when when you say the culture or what is going on in discoveries has an influence on on you know people going to their doctrine and theology, some people go oh yeah, yeah, yeah. not a good thing. Yeah. And and the the difference between those issues is that uh, is
2: that sexuality and gender is a very important spiritual moral issue, mm-hmm. whereas cosmology is quite a theoretical issue, and th- there are a number. Uh, of questions that we're asking today that really didn't concern ancient people and, and that are non-moral issues really. In, in, in the, the, you know, that this kind of theoretical view of, of the... It's not that it's not important um, and that it's not, it's not that even elements of human origins are not important, but there's a whole lot of information that wasn't deemed important enough to convey through the Bible. I think we, it, there, was a, there has been a view of the Bible that says, well, if the Bible is telling us the truth, it must tell us everything about everything. Uh, okay. In fact, I heard, um, I heard, I think it was Ken Ham say that if you want to find anything about anything, you don't need to go any further than the Bible. The, well. And, and I, 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 completely, I completely disagree with that because it means that the Bible, I believe every part of the Bible means something. It can't, it's not, doesn't just mean
1: anything. And, and it's, it's defi- hang on. Define you're getting a bit philosophical now. Yeah. Define that because I because I, I don't want to I don't want to make a straw man out of Ken ha- Ham's argument. I've got no affiliation yeah, yeah. with Ken at all. Yeah. Um, but you know, is is Ken Ham saying? You know, obviously Ken Ham is not one of those people who's going to be like, so therefore you don't use a computer because it's not in the Bible or you don't need to read the instructions on how to do this and build a ham radio because I've got the money. Like he's not saying that. Yeah. What is he actually saying? Well, in in the context of the talk that
2: I heard, he was talking about science and and the fact that, you know, we can get all of our scientific theories from the Bible. Whereas the, the reason why I find that, off-putting is because i think n- meaning uh let me think about how deeply i'm going to go into this <laughs> when i say that the bible always means something by what it says yep. it means that it's doing something but it's not trying to do everything like you know the bible is telling us certain things but it's not trying to tell us everything And okay. and it's you know it's uh so so I think I think there there are some problems with that view. Now let me maybe I should start by kind of showing my hand yeah. a little bit here. That's good. Because like I I'm you know I'm pretty conservative when it comes to my view of scripture. I'm you know the Bible is the word of God. I'm a I'm a very strong defender of uh biblical inspiration and biblical authority. Mm. Um uh, so I, I tend to I tend to lean quite conservative on a lot of elements and, and I and I believe and I can defend that not only biblically but even philosophically I believe that's a, even a philosophically responsible position uh, to take Now um, uh, I am also skeptical about the stories that science tells um, I am. Naturally skeptical. Now, that's probably that's less a, a result of what I read in the Bible. It's that's actually more philosophically I'm skeptical. Yes, because they see the evidence. Oh, this is the story. We'll tell this story. And yeah. Now, one of the problems there is that they tell a naturalistic story that really is the only option in the absence of God. Mm. Mm. You know. Now, as soon as you as soon as you acknowledge that God is part. Not only part of this, but is the origin of all of this. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. then that throws a number of variables in there. Now that doesn't discount natural processes, right? Yes, and, and we'll say a bit more uh, about that uh, a bit later on. Um, but it does—it does mean that the story can unfold in any number of ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, the problem with the with the um, naturalistic um, evolutionary. The atheistic, naturalistic, evolutionary story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is, you know, I mean, not all scientists hold that. There's plenty plenty Mm -hmm. of evolutionists who, as I said, are are Christians. So evolution doesn't doesn't necessarily discount God. In fact, there are, uh, you know, there are people who, Christians who find more evidence of God in the evolutionary process Mm -hmm. that they observe than anywhere else, you know. Um, But... uh, uh, yeah, as soon as we put God – as soon as God is part of our worldview, um, well, you know, that that adds a number – that adds a very important variable in there uh, that changes the story. Okay, yeah. so, um, so I'm uh, – I don't – I, I want to take – you know, I want to allow science to take evidence very seriously – But I'm concerned about the fact that that scientists become the new storytellers of our age, the new prophets that tell us and that that determine the kind of meta-narrative, the big story that we all believe in. And we just believe that story. And this is even coming under criticism from within the scientific community. Uh, There's an interesting article. I think you can get it online. It's by Austin Hughes, if I remember rightly. It's published in a scientific journal called, I think it's The New Atlantis. Uh, and it's called The Folly of Scientism. The Folly of Scientism. It's an excellent article that, that uh, by a scientist, a leading, uh, I believe, evolutionary scientist, who nevertheless is concerned about the stories that scientists tell and the the, the role that scientists are assuming in our society as being the the new kind of priests of a new naturalistic religion that we all just believe in uncritically and he says you just can't go there that's physics turning into metaphysics
1: yeah Yeah, that is an excellent note. Let's take a break really quickly and we'll get into the crux of all of this and wrap up this conversation now that we've set it up. We're talking about the origins, specifically looking at Genesis chapter 1 in the world of uh, science here on Thrive Perspectives. Thank you so much to everybody for all the support, the prayers, the emails, the messages, uh, the the uh, sharing, the rating, the subscribing, <laughs> the li- liking of the new show here, Thrive Perspectives. We really appreciate everything that you're doing for us. Thank you to everybody who's come over from Thrive Deeper. It's awesome to have you here. And we want to let you know about the Advance Party, this little program that we're running, Advance Party. This is basically, if you want to hear uh, about what is coming up on the show, you would have heard me at the beginning of this episode going through a lot of the stuff that we've got coming up. If you want to hear a little bit more about what we've got coming up and sort of give us some questions, pepper us with some ideas, give us some thoughts about what you want to hear on the podcast and we would love to hear from you. All you have to do is head over to thrivetoday.tv. That's thrivetoday.tv. And when you're there, you'll see a contact form. Just contact us and mention the advanced party. You want to be a part of it. We'll have your email on, on hand to let you know about some of the stuff we've got coming up. Subject matter questions you might have about it, some ideas and thoughts around that. We've got a lot of stuff planned for 2020 and we'd love you to be involved. So you can do that by heading over to thrivetoday.tv. Well, that's pretty much all I've got to share with you there in the middle of this one. It's a long episode, so let's get straight back into it on Thrive Perspectives. Perspectives DJ and Matt we are looking at Genesis chapter one the origin of it all Matt you had thrown out a a point that I was hoping you were going to get to that in today's age Mm. in today's you know common way of thinking science and scientists are the new high priests yeah they come out and say this is The new truth, and we all go. That's right. Well, we can't argue with you. You're a scientist,
2: and 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 people, and one of the problems is is that we don't recognise when they pass from physics to metaphysics, when they pass into an area that's not for them to pass into, Mm -hmm. and what happens then? And I think often the Christian response is because they give us a metaphysics, and by like an overarching kind of narrative story, Mm -hmm. then. What tends to happen is that a lot of Christians reject everything that they say. Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. Whereas, I I think that's incredibly counterproductive, and I don't think we need to go there. And I think we lack credibility when we do. We need to respect science as a wonderful thing, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and we should be very thankful for the great scientific work uh, that's happening. Um, We need to recognise, though, where science passes that line from physics to metaphysics. Okay. From considering the evidence to telling a story on the basis of that uh, of that evidence. Uh a great example of this, you know, recently that that I read and I referred to this in a previous podcast was Yuval Noah Harari's book Homo sapiens. Yeah. Where he tells this story of naturalistic evolution mm. and says, "Well, this is the story." And that clearly discounts Christianity. Yeah. And no, no, like it's it, it's almost bizarre how he crosses this line without recognising that he too is telling a story. So he tells this story and he criticises all other stories. Like mm. he, in fact, he interprets all other religious stories in the light. You know, this is how religion involved, evolved. This is how Christianity evolved. Mm. Uh, and and then, but he doesn't consider the fact that he himself is telling a story. Yeah. And Whereas I think he is. And as I said, it's a story that I'm a little sceptical of. Now, that doesn't mean that I discount everything that scientists say about origins. Yeah. Um, in, in one sense, I have no quarrel with, with science, but I do have a quarrel when science steps into metaphysics and, and meta narrative yep. telling.
1: And, 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 and well, the big, I mean, the biggest problem is, is our, our worldview as a, as a Christian you know, as someone who believes the Bible for what it says it is, we, we know that the whole universe, this entire reality that we live in, mm. there's a lot of, there's a few different ways to sum it up. Mm. You know, there's a few different eloquent ways to sum it up. One way I read recently that really, I don't know, it hit home for me in a way that, that was sort of new, even though I've heard it before, was the entire reality that we're living in is God the Father bringing a bride to his son. That's the reality that we oh, live it's
2: in. That's interesting yeah and
1: there was something really poetic and not, and again, it sounds it's, it's, a, sim, it's a very simple way to, way to do it, but it was like whatever scientific theory, whatever worldview that you have, if it doesn't come underneath that overarching God is bringing you know a bride to his yeah. son. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of theology yeah. underneath that. Then, then it goes, yeah, it goes and, against and that's, it.
2: Yeah, that's right, and that's a, That's a central part of the biblical story. Mm. Now, um, I think, you know, I think the biblical story mm. is the right story. I think it's the right story because it explains. It has the most explanatory power. Mm-hmm. Um, it explains more than just the physical evidence. It explains a whole lot of things about the world. Uh, that are otherwise inexplicable uh it 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 is what gives meaning to our life and that's important you know it's it's um it actually allows us to position ourselves in a way that causes us to flourish okay. so this is where so i want to bring us back to to the bible now i want as we come to the question of does the account of the bible um contradict what scientists are saying Mm. Uh, about the origins uh, of the world. To answer that question, we need to just have a quick look, a, a quick overview of Let's what, and, and in particular, Genesis 1 mm. uh, is is saying. Now, for, I think the first thing, th- there, there is this, um, and I've heard a lot of people say that, well, you know, Genesis 1 says this, and, and I just believe what Genesis 1 says. Wonderful. Okay. But we have to understand what Genesis 1 is actually doing because what i think has tended to happen is that we we make it do a whole lot of things that it was never trying to do mm-hmm. and that's probably my gripe with ken ham okay? okay so i'm i i believe in the authority of scripture and the inspiration of scripture mm-hmm. which means that i need to take seriously what the bible is doing mm-hmm. so you know i mean people talk about well the, the the most straightforward reading is to take it like this and and uh, is to take it in in a very literalistic Fashion. Well, you know, Jesus says, "I am the gate." I mean, I'm not doing any service to Jesus by thinking that Jesus was saying he is a piece of wood.
1: Yeah, but I. Don't, but I, I, I. I've heard that argument before. I'm going to push back yeah, on that yeah, one fine. because, yeah. because again, showing our hands here, like revealing. It's, it's the, a crude look. It's a crude example, but, yeah, but I. That's I, that's I, you know, it's yeah, there's
2: a general point there that I'm
1: making. I, I, exactly. Exactly. And, and 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 again, showing my hand, and you know. I I've I've gone back and forth on this over the last I would say, you know, 6 or 7 years, but I've I've come back to a, to to that first position, yeah. to a literal creation young earth, all of that. My conviction as far as I can read and work out is that. Yeah. Because I think more so than A lot of people want to even admit, and I'm not having a go at anybody, and I respect everybody's view here Mm. because this is my own personal conviction. I really want to make the Bible shape my thinking more than anything else. And I can't shake that literal conviction. And I want to ask you a question about this, and I want to sidetrack where you want to go. Would I be right in saying that the overwhelming... Overwhelming majority of people, Christian or non-Christian, mm. up until two hundred years ago, mm. believed in creation. Uh, and yeah. is is there any way to find that out? You know, yeah. I and mean, that's a um, well, come in, put yeah. your put your philosophy hat on. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to. You know, yeah, love you t- to- I mean, you're talking about history there, and, I, and I'm not. I can't answer that. Yeah, but put the philosophy uh, hat on because I, I'll, I'll come at it this way This and this is my dumb, dummy-dumb, yeah. you know. I, like I
2: feel like that question is kind of truth by popular vote and I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Okay. But again, that's my rough reading of history and, and, and a bird's eye view is that the overwhelming majority yeah. of human beings who have lived up until the 1800s, just naturally believe that there was a God and created, yeah, it created something, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. how it
2: that, happened. That could very generally be true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay.
1: So uh, am I right in, in, in saying that when, when Charles Darwin in the 1800s, mm. am I right in saying, A, the 1800s had a humongous burst of philosophy and worldviews and stuff that was coming out from underneath the shackles of Christianity. And am I right? Uh, th- yeah, I, I don't like
2: the way that that... Because actually science uh, grew out of the Christian conviction that, uh, that the universe is governed by divine laws. Okay, not and, okay, and not science.
1: Not science. I think I, de- I definitely see yeah. that as a history in science, but I'm talking more in in philosophy and worldviews because am I you know, and again I might be taken down a, a nowhere rabbit hole, but I've always sort of seen that Charles Darwin's work, you know, the life of Charles Darwin and the work of Charles Darwin sort of opened up a floodgates for philosophers to go, finally, I'm unshackled from this Origin of God. Now we can really put God to rest and move into different types of philosophy.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people did that, and again, that's that's an example of of telling a story um, uh, on the basis of certain evidence, and I think that was a false move. It's like uh, we have another possible explanation. So, so therefore, this must be the explanation. Whereas that's not, yeah. you know, uh, I think, yeah, there, there there are problems with that. So, um, again, uh, I think w- I think we need to get back to the text and what the text says. Now, Sorry. now, you, I mean, you, you d- describe yourself as a young Earth creationist, and that's, and, and I and I know that, and that's cool. I'm also going to
1: push back uh, on that. Rattle,
2: rattle that a bit because I, I actually don't believe you could in any wise get any dating for the age of the earth from the bible
3: Mm.
2: why why we would even need to know that oh i I can't even
1: think and again i'm not why we would be told that i haven't got a chart on the wall and a date circled yeah i'm not one of those people i think you can roughly say yeah within this i think you would say
2: you you, you're probably more skeptical of uh of scientific theories of origins uh, than i am very much so yeah um very much so uh, th- m- mind you i am skeptical yeah. uh yeah so um the, i think the first thing th- about genesis 1 to, to recognize is that there are very very strong literary features this is not told like you know second kings chapter 15 or mm. something it's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. uh this is th- th- this is a piece of literature that is so finely structured uh, it's referred to um most people referred to it as Exalted literary prose. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what, what I'm going to what I'm going to run through here is is now uh, the kind of um, the the common amongst evangelical Bible scholars, and I'm not, I'm not talking about liberal scholars. I'm talking about the you know Bible scholars that believe in Scripture. This kind of represents, I guess, the reading of Genesis one. Because now, I think the most of those scholars would say, look, there that that the 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 literalist reading was insensitive to the literary features of the text. Mm-hmm. That that's you know yeah. that that's what you know really um more and more invariably I, I would say. Um and I just want to just run through those literary features, and we covered this in a in an episode of Thrive deeper, deeper didn't we? At, when we at, started at some Genesis, stages. so I mean, people can go uh, to that. I'm just going to quickly run uh, through that. So the text uh, has it is highly structured, very strong patterns. Okay, so this suggests a poetic element. Now it's not a poem, mm. uh, but it has very strong poetic uh, mm. elements within it. There's an artfulness to this text. Definitely. You know, like that. All the key terms are used a specific number of times. Numbers are very important. Mm-hmm. You know, and God said 10 times, according to their kinds, 10 times. Uh, God created, five times. God made, five times. God called, five times. God separated, five times. And it was so, seven times. God saw that it was good, seven times. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the key, that, and it's so it's patterned in a way that, and, and also has as what you call a chiastic structure I won't go into that because I think I explained that in that episode that That draws attention to a center point part of the text and Mm. it's it's intricately patterned text okay Mm -hmm. um it's also structured in a way that has theological significance so you get you know the first three days is where God forms the world uh and it creates the spaces and then the next three days when God fills those uh spaces and and they Correspond uh, really beautifully. Mm. The whole process is about God giving form to chaos, to chaos, yeah, exactly. to the watery chaos, yep. you know, in, in the beginning. So God is is the God who who gives order. Now this is at the beginning of the Torah, which is all about God bringing order to life. Yes. Okay, and so God is establishing a pattern of life here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the, the, the seven days feed into the pattern of life that is going to be established for God's people. Mm. 6 days you'll work, 7th day you'll rest. Exactly. Now, um so the patterns are are of key importance. Also something like uh you know it's speaking to ancient polytheism and pantheism and 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 correcting those things, you know, yes. people believe that the sun and the moon were gods, yep. and and you know the source, you know, the sun is the source of the, the god Ra, who was yep. the source of life and so on. Well, on, in Genesis, you have this the light being created on the first day, yep. and the sun not until the fourth day. You know, so they're just light bearers, and so you got that all of that sort of stuff happening. Um, then it's also using language and imagery that's familiar. To people at the time And this is not speaking to us And answering our questions Um, You know, the chaos motif About the watery chaos This is um, uh, The big theme in the ancient world You know, is the overcoming of chaos And a big big theme in the Bible as well A powerful God has to overcome the forces of chaos And bring order You know, so it's speaking to the kinds of concerns Mm. uh, That they've got now, it also utilises, and this is this is this brings us closer, it actually also utilises familiar ancient Near Eastern cosmology. Um, it uses what we would call phenomenological language. Like when you say, well, the sun came up this morning. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, that's true. The sun did come up this morning.
3: Mm.
2: Now, but th- if you analyse that statement scientifically, you would yeah. say, oh, no, 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 that's wrong. The sun didn't come up this morning. Yeah. You know, the earth rotated on its axis and... Yeah but that's phenomenological language yes. okay now likewise genesis uses phenomenological language mm-hmm. and actually it works with very clearly works with the view of the the, the cosmology of the ancient world whilst correcting its religious elements okay. okay so they saw the earth is flat with a dome over the top mm-hmm. they they believe that there were like a water, like above the skies, when we look and we see the blue sky, mm-hmm. they saw that as waters, mm-hmm. as the water, like an ocean above the sky, mm-hmm. as well as the ocean. Uh, the land is on, you know, is kind of sitting on the waters, on mm-hmm. the ocean. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got this dome kind of view, and what we see in Genesis 1, you know, we see God saying, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. Well, it's explaining how God created the atmosphere conducive to life, mm-hmm. we would say in modern yeah. terms. Yeah. This is the way that you would say it to, an ancient, to ancient peoples. Mm. So you see that thing there that you call the waters above the sky. Mm. Will God push that lifeless space away and and separated the waters to create our atmosphere this is how you would say that mm. in, in the ancient world yeah um now it's not necessarily advocating that or saying that that's true it's just using that
1: I understand imagery
2: yeah yeah okay yeah. so then I think so that's you know so it uses this very strong yeah you know, piece of uh Literature that literature that I think we need to recognise the literary qualities of it. Uh, we need to recognise what it's doing, but we also, I think, need to recognise what it's not doing. Uh, and, and here we're getting a little closer to our case in point. Now, it's not telling us about cosmology None. in that sense because it clearly speaks into cosmology. Yes. Uh, into the ancient cosmology. Look, I mean, th- there were those... Um, who tried to some creationists tried to explain the waters above the sky saying that in before Noah's flood there mm. was a watery a for, a firm, The firmament. Yeah, the yeah. firmament, the yeah. firmament, you know, and that that came down during the flood. That mm. was a yeah. um, or, or was or is a popular explanation. Yeah. Problem is is that they're still talking about the watery firmament yeah. even in the Bible. Yeah, you know, much later on, you yeah. know, Psalm one hundred forty eight, praise Him, your highest heavens, you waters above the sky. Yeah, you know, so. Uh, Again, it's just using phenomenological language. The other thing, as as I said to you, I don't think, and feel free to push back at any point if you want, right? (laughs) Uh, I don't think you can get an age of the earth from from the Bible. I I wouldn't expect that you even could because you you kind of have to, about every text you can answer the question, why are we told this? Uh There's a reason why we're told everything. Yeah. And
1: Genesis is telling us who God is and what God does. I, I, I could not agree with you more. Yeah. Like again, again. Yeah. I I, I need to make this clear. I'm uh, when I believe, you know, in creation and stuff like that. People immediately, you know, people people roll their eyes or want or, yeah. or the people with other views want to get in an argument, yeah. and that's the least mm. thing I could be bothered with. Yeah. Um. But I I, I sat down as a young as a young man. Mm-hmm. with my Bible and a pen and paper and a calculator yeah, and worked out a date. Yeah. Because you can. Yeah. You literally can. You can go, we are. We have got dates for Nelly. There's a couple of small gaps, you know, type of thing. But you can literally go back with a history book and the Bible and the, all the begats and all the ages and get a rough sort of date.
2: Yeah. You can, but you have to assume that genealogies are complete. Yes. And in scripture they almost never are.
1: Yeah. Again, yeah. I understand. Yeah, that's I understand. Right, yeah. So when I'm saying, like again, I'm not one of those people that it happened, it happened on four thousand four hundred and forty four yeah. B. No, no, that's right, yeah. I I would happy to say, oh look, give or take a thousand years, give or take two thousand years, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh I'm I'm not I'm not too stressed about that. But you know, the biggest thing that we have to ask ourselves, and this is something that I know you agree with, and I and, and it's how we live our life, is we ask why. Did God give us this passage of Scripture that we're reading in the manner that He did? What is His intention? What—that's a great question. What is what is He wanting? To do, and again in that bigger picture, whether it's whether it's God bringing a bride to Himself or Jesus is, yeah. is is in every passage of the Bible, or however you want to see, you know the you know as we talked about, yeah. um, you know on the last you know uh, last episode of deeper about civil law and moral law, you yeah. know the overarching purpose mm. of man, yeah. you know all those type of things we can talk about. Why have we got this passage like it is? Yeah. Now Genesis chapter one. Is exactly like I couldn't agree with more It's setting The foundation Of who this God is And and who it is That's right It's not It's not Okay science lesson 101 gang Yeah You know Here's your physics lesson Here's your science lesson Because God's not interested in that
2: Yeah that's right It's introducing Who God is And what God does And who we are And what we should do Yeah I could not that's, agree with that. That's anymore. the best, yeah. I think, the best summary. So I think we need to keep that in mind. Everything else is beside the point. Uh-huh. Now, what happens is that we habitually, and this is what we do, you know those games where you, or even uh, uh, where, you, you know, you can leave letters out of a word and you could write a whole sentence with words with, <laughs> yeah. you know, with letters missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and, and we naturally, our mentally, we naturally fill the gaps. Yeah. Now, I think what is tended to happen, particularly in our age, because we're so Mm information-oriented. We treat everything like data. This is a gripe that I have with how a lot of creation scientists, as they call themselves, approach Genesis 1, Mm -hmm. is they treat it all like cold, hard data. Yes. When actually there's an artfulness to this text. Mm -hmm. The message about God telling us who he is and what he does and who we are and what we should do, Mm -hmm. that message is conveyed not just in the content but in the form Okay. There is an orderliness to the form. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and and so, so it's doing something very specific. Now, an, an example to get back to the question of the age of the Earth. It says, "In the beginning, God created uh, the heavens and the earth." Now, the word in- "bereshith" yeah. uh, in in the beginning yeah. is often a, a long period of time. Who knows? It's like uh, a former state, you know, yeah. or former times, mm-hmm. or it's. You know, often it can be an extended yeah. period of time. So, in yeah. in this period that we call the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth.
1: And and again, as as someone who's um, a nerd, yeah, and even like go, I'll go as far as to say, for a brief time there, you know, as a teenager, I was a comic book nerd and loved yeah. science fiction. I'm more than happy to say, like, there was a dimension, a different reality. God was operating outside of time, like like you know. God, that's this is a this is a good point. And 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 in this period of of you know this pre as God is beginning to set the table, who knows? Yeah. God and 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 here's the point. Here's here's the big point that we can all agree on. We can all agree on. And I think, you know. One, yeah,
2: anyway, I, I, a, I actually like this point a yeah, lot that yeah. you're making here about God operating in completely different dimension.
1: He, he, he is he is, God. That includes this dimension. Including this dimension, including the life of Christ because here's, here's, here's the only other problem and a little reason why I kick back a little bit on, you know, taking a cue from science and evolution and, and yeah. theistic evolution is because I've seen people... Walk down the road of going, okay, yeah, oh, this is really helping me with with my appreciation of science yeah. and theistic evolution. Well, the next thing I know, the next time I catch up with them a couple of years down the track, they're like, yeah, yeah the, the miracles of Jesus. I mean, yeah. And I'm like, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I, I, I see a progression down that way. And I say, listen, when Jesus took this bread and this thing, and he made something out of nothing. They're like, well, no, no, that couldn't have happened because that doesn't allow to science. And I'm like, no, no, God is outside. Yeah, that's he right. Is, yeah, he is exactly outside yeah. of our reality. And if he wants to feed people out of nothing, yeah. create something out of nothing, he can do Which that. Which is
2: what he does here. He creates the whole universe out of nothing. And, Essentially, yes, yeah, and, that, and
1: that's and that's why. I push back a little bit, uh, uh, you know, with with the scientism that I feel culturally is influencing the yeah, church. Yeah, that's a little right. Bit. Yeah,
2: it is. I think it is, and it's it's us buying too much into the wrong story. Yeah, that's essentially what's happening there.
1: And, and, the, and the other the other thing is, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more that the first few chapters, especially Genesis chapter one, but the first few chapters of Genesis is is so artfully, perfectly worded. Every jot and tittle is yep. is you know put in a way that is, you know, a beautiful thing to behold and you can look at the, you know, um, meta things underneath it and the way that it's structured and the way that it influences other passages of of the Bible and the way that it's called back so often and so often, I know that some of us will go, okay, so the purpose of that isn't for it to be a science book and I'm 100% on that page. But then part of me goes, well, the reason so much care has been taken with that. Yeah. Is because we're meant to believe it in such in, in 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 the in the way that is given to us. I know that's not yeah. a you know that's open for interpretation. I know.
2: So you know we. The, I, I guess what I'm pointing out here is that there are. Lots of things that we're not told. This is this is something I think Amen. that we're resistant. It's a kind of a cultural thing. We feel like we want to have all the information. We want it just to be here. Yeah. But as you just said, it's not a science, but we're not. This isn't the A to Z of yeah. science uh, information. Um, and so, um, you know, you, you have in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, now, and then it zooms into the earth. Mm. You know, we, we could be – I mean, scientists say the earth is 13.7 billion years old, I think. Uh, well, that's that. That's that zoom in. If yeah. uh, it, Now, is it – I don't know. I don't care, really. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that it's, you know, it's bigger and older than we even can imagine in our little minds. I mean, there's something about that that I love about the bigness of God. Um, uh, so I don't have any quarrel with that. I don't necessarily – I don't feel like I even need to have an opinion on mm, that. Mm. I just, uh, based on scripture, I don't need to have any quarrel with that because it says in the beginning God created and then it zooms into the earth. Yeah. And and then, you know, it focuses on this this kind of theological narrative that talks about God giving order to to the world, showing his sovereignty and, uh, and his will and for mankind. And that's the point. And that's the and point. And he does that in this seven-day... You know, seven day structure. Now, there's three mm-hmm. different approaches, um, to approach to these seven days. Um, first approach, they're literal seven days. Mm-hmm. Now, even within that, there's some slightly different approaches. They're, they're literal consecutive seven days, mm-hmm. or they're seven days, like on that day, God created it, but, uh, they, they could be separated by a million years. Uh, yeah, by, a... <laughs> you know, um, or, um, or, you know, it's, it's like the, there's some multi dimension, you know, like in, in a sort of yep. God's, Timing, yeah, dimension. Like yeah. for God, yeah, this was seven days yeah. uh, for God, and that you know, because again, God is what God does is the model for for what we do. Yep. Look, time is really relative anyway. So <laughs> um, uh, then, then there's the day age uh, view, which says yep. that this is talking about ages, mm-hmm. uh, and and these guys would point out that the word yom day, even within the first part of uh, well, well, it has a number of meanings. Yeah. And it's used throughout. Even within the first uh, two chapters, it's mm-hmm. used four different times, four different ways, and for, for four different meanings. Yeah. So, there. for example, the seventh day is called the seventh day, mm. and yet it doesn't have. It's we're still in the seventh day in that sense. Yeah. You know, it doesn't close. Yes. And yet it's still called a day. Um, uh, the thing is, days are marked by you know by orbital. You know the, the orbit of the sun and the moon, and, mm-hmm. and that's how we measure. it. Now, there's no sun, there's no sun and moon shining through until the fourth day, even. So, yeah. the sense of what actually, in terms of chronologically, constitutes a day,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you can't really even get that
1: yeah. here. And and again, I would say not that important. You know what I mean? I, I, and I and I agree with you. But the other side here's the other. Here's my little pushback that I'm yeah. that I'm, I'm sure you will agree with. I, I'm happy to say it's not important, but I also want this is and this is where I see that people actually are showing their hand a little bit more yeah. than, what than what they when what they say. Yeah, yeah. I say, do you do you think that God couldn't do it in seven literal yeah. days? Is that like what you read here? Is that if I say it's a 24 hour period, like if I go super yes. literal. And the argument
2: goes that God can create things with the appearance of age.
1: Yeah, or, or whatever. And 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 that's when people go, well, I don't know. And I say, man, I, I think in that way, even yeah. you're limiting God. Yeah, you know, that's and that, right. And, but yeah. again, they
2: can turn but around. That's, that, that's without assuming. See, um, you don't want to necessarily see when it when the Bible says that God does something, mm. it doesn't necessarily discount natural process. Mm. So, for example, it says in Psalm 139, you know, "I'm fearfully wonderfully made." You you, you knit me together in my mother's womb. It says. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, is the psalmist discounting? You know the whole science of embryology. No. There, well, it says that you knit me together, and my mother. So God, God did it. But that doesn't discount. Point is, that doesn't discount natural processes. So saying that God created the world uh, doesn't necessarily discount uh, an, a natural process that we might see mm-hmm. in the, the uh, you know evidence that we might see of a natural process. That's mm-hmm. fine. Natural. Pro- we're good with natural processes. Yeah. Um, the question is, was there time for that? for those natural processes? Mm. Well, there, there could have been, absolutely. Mm. I mean, now you don't have to – you can, but sure, go believe that uh, God did it at the click of a finger yes. like that yep. um, in a moment. Uh, but just as easily, th- there's no problem with believing in, in a natural process here, uh, I think. Um, now, the, I mean, the day-age view would in, – and in, in, in on some accounts natural – the the one of those views of the literal days can mm-hmm. accommodate those natural yeah. processes if you put it in another dimension or if you put mm. it not necessarily in consecutive days. Um, the day ages uh, would say that this is actually talking about whole ages mm. uh, here, from a formless earth through yep. to an earth filled uh, with life. Yep. You know, and age, we don't know how long those ages mm-hmm. were, mm-hmm. but it's using the word day in a. Uh, in time a, period, yeah. In in, a, in terms of a time period, and yeah. actually, the word "day" is used like that elsewhere yeah. in Scripture. So, so that wouldn't be um, out of line. Um, uh, so, so I guess we're not told we're told that God said, but we're not told specifically how these things unfolded. You know, I've just said that doesn't discount natural yeah. process. Well, it's the Bible's not interesting in telling us about the natural
1: processes and, in detail. And that's that where we come. And that's where we come back to why. We are told this way in the way you know what. We, yeah, that's right. What is God doing in this? In, in you yeah, know why is right. he why is he giving us yeah. that? The other I said just to finish that off. I said that there were
2: three different approaches to this. The the third approach, apart from the day age view, is mm. the approach that this is purely, this is a literary structure. Yeah. Now um, that events here are ordered theologically. Now Mm -hmm. again, there's biblical precedent for that because remember the events in Jesus' life in the different gospels are all Mm. ordered differently, and it still says, "And then Jesus did this, and then he did that." But they, knowing that they are differing from the other, they still ordered it differently because Mm -hmm. they're ordering it theologically. Yeah. So, um, so you know that that's another way to approach this: see this as a theological structure conveying a theological message. That is telling the truth, but telling it in a way that is this condensed, theologically structured text. Okay, mm. now one of the one of the things that I, I hear brought up all the time about long periods of time, and I you know I mentioned the dinosaurs before. This is a classic one. People say, "Well, the dinosaurs could not have existed. You, you, you know, it couldn't yep. have been ages because." you know uh they they died and and we have the fossils and and well they say well there was no death before the fall and that that, that has been presented again and again and even at this seminar that I went to that was the clincher mm. you can't believe that because there was no death before the fall
3: mm.
2: now um where does it say that yeah you know like this is a classic example of filling in the gaps in fact i would suggest that it actually Infers the opposite to that, if anything. Mm. Like strongly that, and, and this is what I mean, like God um, gave the tree, God, even human beings were not created inherently immortal. Yeah. How did they?
1: I, I'm 100% get, with you here. Yeah, they, they had we to have eat a, from
2: the tree of life we have a tree in of order life. to be immortal. Otherwise yep. they would die. Yep. Now... And then, and then if even all- they weren't created inherently immortal. It's, yeah. I think it's ridiculous to assume that all of the animals were created inherently well, it's, immortal.
1: Well, it's then we're asking, well, hang on, well, 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 what's your definition of death here? Yeah, you know. And again, this is where I will have a go at you know Ken Ham and the and the creation yeah, yeah. mob with with this argument because it's a strong argument. And when yeah. they you know they talk about death before the fall, I go, well, hang on, what's your definition of death? Like, are you are we yeah. extending it to plants? Yeah, we, yeah, you know, we have seen it how how you know what is the process of you know creation and be fruitful and multiply. How does that work with yeah. the garden? And how does that? There has to be death of some things, and, and for, yeah, that's you right. Know, you know, and, and,
2: yeah. And when you think about it, like I mean, the ecosystem, the ecosystems in the world. I, I, I know you know they've been messed up by the fall, and <clears throat> you know we've messed them up a bit even yeah. more since. Um but it is the most beautifully fine-tuned mechanism. Like, mm. talk about order.
3: Mm.
2: And so, so the, the the ecosystems of this planet and the way that they work involving that cycle of life and death,
3: mm.
2: there's, I see that completely as part of God's good, perfectly fine-tuned creation. There's no reason why it wouldn't. The point of Genesis is that it was uniquely given to human beings. The tree of life yes. was uniquely given to human beings so that unlike... The animals that return to dust, yeah. they might live forever. Yeah, and so so the, the no death before the fall argument, I think, is uh, is problematic it's for that reason. It's shaky. Um, so, so I guess um, I guess those uh, those points really underscore the fact that the Bible actually is doing something really quite different to what scientists are doing, and I just don't think now. I am, as I said, I am skeptical about the stories that scientists tell. Big time. Um, but I, I'm not going to die on that hill. You know what I mean? I'm not mm. going to. I, I have so many conversations with people I want to share my faith with that jump to the. Uh, oh, but what about? Uh, you know, you, you, are you Christians? You don't believe in in this and that. Well, no, no. Let's and i, I like to sweep that aside. Classic mm. example of this was um, I don't know if you saw. When uh, John Dixon was on Q and A, John Dixon is a um, heads up the Centre for Public Christianity. Yeah. He's a Sydney Anglican.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Sydney Anglicans are, uh, you know, renowned for their conservatism. Interestingly, and and I I love the way that he diffused this mm. uh, when there was a scientist on the board, and the scientist said something about, oh yeah, you 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 know, you just think this is all a load of rubbish or whatever and, and went, went to start that fight about origins, you know, mm. to kind of just show how ridiculous these Christians all are. And, and John Dixon said, oh, no, I don't have any quar- quarrel with what you're saying. I'm fine. With if that's, you know, uh, and – and then got straight to the point about mm. Jesus. and yeah, 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 <laughs> I thought, yeah. what a – that is great example of not dying on the wrong hill. Yep. I'm not going to die on that hill. Like, I, yes, I am sceptical about the stories that scientists tell, but you know what, when I have these conversations with people and they, they want – yeah, 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 that's fine. Yep. I will point out where the story – where the storytelling starts, you mm. know, um, but overall – that's not an argument that I want to have. Mm. I don't think that's an argument that we should have
3: mm.
2: i am you know I'm fine when i when I watch documentaries that talk about you know um, you know this is how it unfolded and the volcanoes and the earth and the origins of life and yep, maybe that's you know yeah. that probably is how it happens, but maybe not,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the beautiful fact of it is in the, in the end of the day, and we're running long here on this yes. episode, is, and we'll get into, and this is my way of leading into, into the next episode of Thrive Perspectives, yeah. is one day we'll have the answers. Yeah. You know, one day, not for now, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I think God is happy for us to live in this you know the you know not the gray but you know in in this in this gray of origin yeah you know type of thing other than the only thing that we can all come together and say yeah. 100% is he is yeah you know, the origin of all yeah, things. That's a good point. We will,
2: we, you know, we will know. And one day and, we will and know. At the moment, we've got to be comfortable with the grey areas, yeah. with the things that we don't know. And, and, and It's and, like we have this entitlement to know everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm very passionate about preserving the grey areas. I don't think we do the Bible
1: any service yeah. by making the grey areas black and white. And, and it's also for me in my journey, again, that life verse for me from Hebrews, I keep coming back to that, is... We have to be comfortable in coming to God and saying, "All right, you you are who you say you are, and you can do it however yeah, you, right. yeah. however you want it to do it." Yeah. And but because part of us goes, oh, "I don't want this. I want the answer. Yeah. I want this, this, and this, and this." And he goes, "No, yeah, that's and, right." <laughs> and the culmination for this is when when you when you texted me and said, "Hey, let's talk about Genesis." My mind immediately, and this is how, in the end, this is why I am the way that I am, and and I'm happy to sit in the grayness of this. Mm. Because when Job, yeah, got to got finally to 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 argue with God face to face, God argued about him being the creator of all all yeah. things. He talks about creation. Yeah. That's it's an amazing to Job. Were you there? Can you yeah. even fathom yeah.
2: how this unfolded? And, and,
1: and the sarcasm of God. Yeah like you can't the hostility in God's voice the power in God's yeah. voice when he says to job, all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's go Bucko yeah and he and he just outlays creation again yeah in, in a and again in a beautiful poetic way yeah. and job says, oh sorry about that I will now." It's a great quote. Surely I spoke of things I could
2: not understand, things too wonderful for me to know.
1: And I think...
2: My favourite quotes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: And I really feel that for those people who are passionate about creation and the origin and want to argue one view versus versus the other, if we got to the point where God could come down and reveal himself like Job and give us all the answers, we would go, surely... Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I don't need like exactly what Job did. I'm sorry for even asking. This is beyond my my, my thing.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So
1: so that's where I'm that's that's my point in the end of all. And I'm
2: and I'm really happy to say I you know, I don't know to those things that are less important because I I I I believe what the Bible is telling me cuz there there are in in black and white there are things that are said about who God is, what God does, who we are and what we're meant to do. Mm. That is so so clear in Genesis 1. There are a whole lot of other theoretical questions about cosmology and about origins and that mm. just weren't deemed important enough to put in there. Yep. That go to town work it out look at the evidence you know like the, the yeah. c- creation is is a you know is a book that you can read off as well and you know but again let's not put too much trust in in the stories that that people tell and because yeah. they might be true or they might be wrong you know they, they might not be so yep. um but i think the main thing is let's not fight battles on that those hills let's not be uh peddlers of theories and argue about theories let's be united In a very strong sense Of who God is And what God has done This is what we as Christians We want to represent The good news That God has Done this amazing thing The God who created the universe Has come to us In Jesus Christ Has given himself As a sacrifice So that we can have A relationship with him And he orders our lives I mean there is good news here To focus on And I'm okay with not knowing Everything else Because Because all those other things, because I know this to be true. I know Jesus Christ. I know that I'm right with God in Jesus Christ. I know what how I'm meant to live, and I know the God who is with me. And that's the main thing.
0: Thanks for listening to Thrive Perspectives. We want to hear from you, so send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash thriveperspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash thriveperspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. was another djp.fm production